Welcome to GearBrain's podcast on building a smart home. Hi, I'm Mark Westlake. I'm the founder of GearBrain. Uh, and today we're going to tackle one of the biggest challenges I think everybody's having today, which is understanding uh, how to build a smart home and where do I start? Um, and for some of you who are tuning in for the first time, you know, GearBrain is the home for simplifying smart devices for consumers. Uh, we help you understand kind of how all these new connected devices work, whether you're talking about a voice assistant, smart lights, Wi-Fi mesh systems, smart home security systems. We help you find these devices that are compatible with uh, your existing smart devices in your home or ones you plan to buy. You know, some say we're like the Pinterest uh, of, of IoT, which kind of sounds rather nice. But but anyway, what we're going to do today is this is the first of a multi-series of podcasts centered around what you need to know to build a smart home. I seem to be asked quite often by friends and colleagues, what do I need to know to, to start building a smart home? And I always answer with like, how much time do you have? The answer is not that easy. And there's a lot of things to think about when trying to add devices and systems to make your house smarter. Uh, so since our mission is to simplify smart devices, I am going to try to do my best to prepare you and guide you through the process of building a smart home uh, that best fits the needs today and tomorrow for you. Okay, there'll be eight segments. Each will tackle a different topic, which is critical for you to be aware of when building your smart home. Uh, the first series today that we're going to tackle is about smart home systems. I will cover the basics like wireless protocols and the types of controllers and devices and systems for you to consider. Do you do a do-it-yourself install or do you look for professional installation? Help you understand that process, as well as the other important options uh, which play a key role in building your smart home today. So uh, the, the second segment will be directed more towards renters or, uh, you, you know, you can build a, a smart home in an apartment or a dorm room or even a tiny house, which seems to be popular these days. We will help you uncover these specifically hard uh, things to understand uh, for renters, which are like what devices are geared for apartments, you know, that I should be considering or how much should I spend? We'll walk you through our complete guide on what type of lock to install and understand how a smart peephole works on your door. We'll look at all these devices that work in your apartment uh, or a small home, as well as the wireless protocols and the wireless and battery powered doorbells that you can even use on an apartment uh, or even a dorm room if you want to be creative. And if you are a landlord or an, uh, own a uh, rental property or you are an Airbnb owner, we'll also cover some smart tech that you can use to secure your Airbnb or rental apartment. The next episode will be about, about budgeting. All right. How much should I spend? We'll help you learn on how to build a smart home on a specific budget, whether that budget is only 100, 200, 500, 1,000, 2,000, or there's no limit. We'll guide you through the process. The fourth podcast or segment will be about hubs, the controllers, you know, the brains of your smart home. We'll cover the best smart home hubs for today and tomorrow. We'll also discuss how to use hubs and why they're important, in some cases why they're not, and then how much should you pay for these things. Uh, we'll also give you some guidance on which are good ones and which are the ones to stay away from. Uh, in the fifth podcast, we'll do a deep dive into what you need to know when you move with your smart devices. That's one of the biggest challenges is if you build a smart home and then you move, 
What do you do with all those devices? Do you take them with you? Do you leave them for the owner? And if so, what do you need to do with the devices? We'll prepare you uh, for this process as well as to help the new owners. We'll discuss how to do factory set on devices and why it's important for you to do this before you move. Overall, this segment will be will provide the key tips to make your life and the new owner's life better once your move is complete. In the sixth episode, we will attack voice assistance. You know, voice is the common way a lot of people are controlling their smart home today. And we'll cover all the major voice platforms and assistance like Siri, Google Assistant, Amazon Alexa. We'll help you understand what you need to know about each of these voice activation platforms. We'll uncover the things that you need to do with these devices that you might not normally know you can do. We'll also help you find the right voice solution for your home and give you tips on good integrations using these uh, voice systems as, as the controller for your home. The seventh episode uh, topic will cover IoT security, securing your home, not only physically, but through the wireless connections is important. It's a big concern today and keeping your wireless signal secure from hackers is number one on a lot of people's minds today, especially when it comes to these smart wireless devices. There are things that will help you learn on how to secure your wireless platform inside your home. We'll also discuss a variety of smart home security systems to protect the exterior of your home. Uh, and the last episode in our series will take a futuristic look at where we see the smart home market going and what you need to do to prepare for these developments over the next few years. So you can see we have a lot to cover. So let, let's get started. In our first segment, smart home systems, what do you need to know? When building a smart home, one of the first things you really need to do is understand how all these devices connect. They, are, they all use wireless protocols, and you need to understand the different ones and their benefits before you start to build your smart home system. Many of today's smart home devices work on more than one wireless protocol, but the big question is which is the best wireless protocol for you to consider? Two of the most common wireless protocols are Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Uh, these are two. Uh, there are two lesser-known wireless protocols called Zigbee and Z-Wave. These protocols are commonly found in smart and home security systems. If you have a home security system already, I bet it's probably working on one of these protocols. Newer protocols consist of Thread and Matter. Thread is used by Apple, an Apple HomeKit, and Matter is the new universal wireless protocol coming out in 2022. Uh, it was announced this year. It's a protocol which allows all devices to connect to each other uh, through, um, you know, through wireless connections. All the big companies, Apple, Google, Microsoft, they're all behind it. And it'll be interesting to see how it works and, and, and if there's a big adoption, because one of the biggest challenges with Matter is will it work with your existing products or will it only work with the new products coming out? We'll have more on this in the near future, but it's something for you to be aware of. For now, though, the key tip regarding wireless protocols is to make sure you know the wireless protocol a device uses before buying it. This is the common mistake many people, many buyers in building their smart home make. It's also what causes interoperability issues between devices. Also, you know, because people think that when you buy a device, it works over the Internet. You know, it's a wireless connection. So if this works on my Wi-Fi and that works on a Wi-Fi, it should work together. That's not the case. Uh, you also, you know, it's 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 one of the biggest causes or what I should say is 
when you, you go to our article, we have an article called How to Smart Homes Speak Wirelessly. This will help you learn all the basic information about each of the key wireless protocols. I recommend it highly because then you'll get a good sense of the pros and cons of each. To, so when you do make that decision, you have a good understanding of why you're picking a Bluetooth, a Wi-Fi, Zigbee, Z-Wave, or even Matter in that place. Now, the next step, once you kind of understand the wireless uh, protocols, the next step is to answer. We have five questions. We've come up with five questions that will help give you some extra connectivity and intelligence with regards to building a smart home. The five questions you need to ask is, uh, the first question I should say to ask is, is about your Wi-Fi network. When you go into your house, this refers both to the speed and the connection and the range and stability of your connection that, from, your, from your router. All right. A lot of smart home devices connect directly to your router. So you want to make sure there's a good signal throughout your home. In smaller and newer properties, this shouldn't be an issue. And even the standard router you get from renting it from your ISP should be fine. But if you have a larger home or live in an older building with thick walls, you may need to consider purchasing a better router or a mesh network or even a set of network extenders. You can quickly test this by starting up a new video stream on YouTube or Netflix on your smartphone or a tablet and then walk around your house, you know, and see how the stream starts every time. And should you uh, be, you know, it should be a really strong signal. If not, then you kind of know that you might have a black spot and you might need to get a mesh network, which which consists of several Wi-Fi routers to be placed to strategically throughout your house. Uh, or you can go buy network extenders. These are little things that plug into your wall outlets, and they take the internet from your router via an ethernet port, then send it through the power cables on your home from one outlet to another into a room where the Wi-Fi then broadcasts uh, the connection over that, uh, wi that fresh Wi-Fi signal from the repeater or extender. Uh, so the next question you need to ask is, once you figure out your Wi-Fi signal, is what devices do you need in your home? It is easy to become overwhelmed by the sheer breadth of smart home devices uh, today because there's so many. There, for many, the journey to complete a smart home begins with a hub or a smart speaker like an Echo or uh, a Google Home. Uh, in our voice assistant segment, we'll cover a lot of this, but for now you really need to define the product categories for you to explore with smart devices. They're by no means limited. Uh, there's everything from lights to door locks, to plugs, to security cameras, window blinds, video doorbells, sensors, uh, TVs, and even media streaming devices. Of course, you, you could also add more smart speakers into the mix if you want. So, you know, that's some of the things that you start to think about what do you want in your house. It really depends on what you want to do with the house, too. Uh, that'll help you decide the devices. This means, you know, if you want to narrow down your list of products of what you want, you know, you think about like, all right, do you want to automate your lighting? Or maybe do you want your a voice assistant like a Google Home or an Amazon Alexa to control it, right? Um, do you want uh, smart speakers uh, to, you know, act as video doorbells, right? These are all, you know, do I want my smart plug to monitor my energy usage? Oh, therefore, I would want, you know, a smart plug. Um, all of these are, are things that you need to consider. Uh, but the general rule of thumb is the best smart home devices are the ones that 
which take an ordinary dumb device and add functionality without causing confusion. That is really, you know, when you think about devices, that's what you're going to be looking for. So think about like the Ring Video Doorbell. Uh, this was adding functionality such as a webcam and a microphone and a speaker and voice integration into a doorbell, which worked fine. You know, uh, so that, that's the kind of things that when you start to think about smart devices should be aware of. The third question you want to ask now is, uh, yourself is where do you charge your smartphone? The reason, you know, this question might seem a little strange is that, you know, a lot of the smart home control is done on your smartphone, you know, besides your voice. All right. So this is where all the apps live for you to control the devices, the automation, set up scenes and look at video feeds and everything like that. Um, you know, and you know, there are, there are a lot of different apps out there. So you want, well, you can, of course, control modern devices by speaking and voice assistants and stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, you really have to have a charge phone all the time or at least charged up to make sure uh, everything is working properly. You might want to even give a, get a wireless phone charger by your bed or in certain rooms to make sure a wireless charging pad. I mean, nowadays there's smart alarm clocks uh, made by Lenovo where it actually comes with a wireless charging pad uh, for you to put. So as you go to bed, you can charge your phone while you sleep. Um, this can assure that you always have close by a place to give your phone that little extra boost when, when, you're, when its battery is getting low and you won't lose control of your, your smart devices. Uh, the next question is, what type of home do you live in? Uh, now, we partially covered this in the first question about the size of your property and the thickness of the wall, but this is worth delving, uh, diving into a little bit more. Obviously, if you live in a rental property, your landlord is unlikely to give you permission to install a new smart thermostat like uh, like the, the new Nest or Honeywell thermostats. If you live in an apartment block with centrally controlled climate, yeah, you, you can't install a smart thermostat there. It's just not going to work. So the same goes for door locks like those made by August or Yale or Schlade. Uh, your landlord will likely be amused if you're trying to install these things, but they're not going to let you do it. So if wishing to install smart lighting, you'll need to check what bulb types are currently fitted. All right. Uh, because... You know, as many smart lot manufacturers like Philips or LifeX or Wiz uh, or any other company make compatible bulbs to the bulbs that are already fitted. So those so think about chandeliers. If you have a chandelier and you want smart lights, you know, you got to look to see, OK, does the if you want to have smart lighting, do those smart lights actually come or be made by your current smart lighting uh, provider? If they do, then make sure you check with the wireless protocol to make sure they work on the right one. Many smart lot manufacturers have smart bulbs that work across multiple wireless protocols. Uh, some might require a hub, uh, and I'm sure you'll be able to find ones that work in your home, but just that's something to be conscious of. So when it comes to small smart wall switches, this is can be a little trickly, especially if you're installed in an apartment or a house, as well as your uh, even if that house is your own home. The reason I say that is many old homes have only two wires in the house. Uh, I think the statistic is about 50% or over 50% of the homes in North America and in Europe have only two wires in their home. 
they don't have that third wire, which is a neutral wire. And some of them, you might require four wires, which, you know, is a uh, grounded wire. And, and the reason they have a ground is because the new junction boxes that the electricians and people are putting in homes are made of plastic, not metal. In the old homes, the metal box act as the ground. Today, you know, with the plastic, you need a you need a fourth wire. So that's something you need to understand the wiring behind your switches and your outlets. Um, make sure you check it. You know, you could just take the, the you know the, unscrew the plate and just look behind to see if there's two wires, or if there's three wires. Uh, 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 there are manufacturers. If you only have two wires, that's okay. There are manufacturers who will make smart switches and outlets that work with only two wires and don't require a neutral wire. So if this is your case, you could always go to the GearBrain. That's our compatibility find engine. Uh, it's on GearBrain.com, or if you want, you go to the.GearBrain.com, and it will help you find smart switches or basically any device that meets your product criteria. And also, you can see if that product criteria works with your existing devices. It's free and easy to use, and you can search for smart switches that only work with two wires if you want. It's real simple. All right. Now, let's take a look at cameras. So, you know, if you're looking in your house, are you going to be adding cameras? Do you want to add cameras? Uh, if installing cameras, you want to think carefully about where these will go and what they can see. All right? There's a big issue on privacy and having cameras overlook their neighbors. You don't want them looking out onto someone else's property or through their doors and windows. It just creates a lot of issues. And if you live in an apartment complex with shared corridors, most likely a video doorbell could also be an issue as, as the camera might be able to see into another property when their door is open. It's something to be aware of. Okay. There's a lot of just, there's a lot of common sense, but it's worth noting and thinking about carefully, especially before buying any smart equipment, all, all these issues when it comes to the counter. The last question you need to ask yourself is, uh, what smart home systems do you trust? All right. When you start your smart home, uh, you'll be faced with a choice regarding which companies you want to let into your home. Because remember now, these devices are collecting a lot of information. You have to give them username, passwords, and stuff. So do you want to control everything with a Google Home or an Amazon Echo? Or would you rather opt for a hub from Wink or Samsung SmartThings? Or you want to have your home security system be the controller for your system? These are all questions you need to ask yourself and help you and try to understand. Because when it comes to, uh, you know, buying, you know, uh, deciding on which one to do, uh, you'll get a sense of who's really protecting your data. And especially with cameras, the other thing you got to think through, you know, uh, some of these manufacturers, you know, they all charge you uh, video storage in the cloud. Uh, so you have to make a decision. If you are going to do that, do you want a system which records video either locally or you can store it on a micro SD chart, uh, card that on the camera, uh, or do you want to put it in a Dropbox? You know, many of these require, you know, the payments could range as low as three bucks to 20 bucks a month, depending on the number of cameras. But there are cameras out there that will offer 24 seven rolling video footage, uh, storage in the cloud, uh, for free, or you might, when you first buy, get seven or 30 day free trial for, uh, storing your video. So you can get a sense if this is something you want to do. Uh, all these questions will really help you get started. Just keep in mind when you purchase more smart home equipment, you'll want everything to play nice with your previous purchases. All right. You don't want to buy devices and then branch off. 
This is where we can help you by checking smart devices that work with the other smart devices on the same connection, whether it's using an Amazon Alexa or a Google Assistant uh, enabled device. You know, there's a lot of crossover, but some don't work with both systems. So we'll, we'll, we can help you through that process. Uh, it's just, you know, be, be conscious because this is, you know, I, I consider this, it's like, buy depending on how old you are it's like buying a stereo system in the old days it used to be you would buy uh only a 30 sec uh you would buy a system that was all in one or you would buy a system uh you know piece by piece you know so that's kind of what it's like for uh, a smart system um so and you also think about you know compatibility with other platforms uh as this is becoming like apple home kit you know and your smart home devices that work if you're a big apple person all right now the next set of questions once you answer those the next set of questions you must think about are where you want to shop for these devices if, and if you're in the market to buy a new device from there are retailers out there that specialize uh that can help you find the right device or devices for your home if you decide that you're not going to install devices yourself and you want to hire that's fine uh the next question is do i want a home installation service or are you going to do it yourself right uh, we can help you find these companies uh, that can install it yourself, or you can go to Angie's List. You know, the, all these people will help you troubleshoot any issues you might have you need to install uh, in the five homes in, in your home. Uh, you can also check out more on GearBrain. We'll, we'll have more on that. So all these things we've just discuss, discussed or mentioned has to do with adding smart devices and turning your home or apartment or dorm room or even your uh, tiny little home into a smart place. But what if you want to build a new home or make it uh, smart from the ground up at the beginning? When it comes to a ground up build, we think it's important that you call the professionals. We could all make our old homes by adding uh, smarter, by adding you know speakers, smart speakers by Google, Amazon or Apple, as well as adding smart lights and intelligent thermostats and a video doorbell. But what happens when you want to build a new house and make it smart from the ground up? We recommend hiring professionals uh, to come in. And these companies can provide custom smart equipment from switches to cables, from sensors to control panels, all fitted uh, neatly behind your walls. All right, A lot of these systems work with voice control uh, by Amazon or Google, and they also have smart apps. But this is unlike anything you can pick up at a Best Buy order. It's all customized. Uh, and there's a selection of companies, including property builders, who will build will offer smart home systems as well as part of their own pack, uh, a new home package. Uh, we recommend that you know we'll do a. Uh, you can go to GearBrain. We have an article that talks about you know who are the smart home builders. A couple ones to consider are KB Homes. Uh, they're one of the nation's um, uh, largest home builders, and they build a smart home system. Uh, customized for you, even includes air quality sensors to make sure the air is working, the window blinds control air systems. Another one is Lennar. They're the nation's number two home builder. Um, they are offering properties with Wi-Fi certification. So Wi-Fi certified home means the uh, property without any Wi has no Wi-Fi blackouts. It's it's well connected, uh, and it'll really help all your devices work collect uh, effectively together. And they sell some if you already have like Ring doorbells or, or certain smart locks. You could or Sonos speakers. They could take those and build them into it. Another one is Control Four. These. 
this is owned by Snap. Uh, they control. Uh, they do. A, they're not a builder. They're more a provider of smart home systems for custom builds. You'll find that uh, they work closely with Vivint, who is another one. Um, you know that can help you. Uh, customize the smart home security system and integrate it into a smart home entertainment system. So those are two companies to look at as well as smarter uh, homes. And Savin is a new one too. Uh, they are, um, they make, uh, you know, smart home systems similar to control Four, uh, but they just bought GE's uh, smart lighting division called sync. Uh, so you'll be seeing a lot from those. So, uh, so, when you think of all the list of products installed in Smarter Home, uh, of all these products, it's it's just something for you to be aware of. All right. So so to to recap, the key takeaways from this segment is to first learn the basics in building a smart home system. This includes knowing the wireless protocols and the devices you want to add to your home to make it smarter. Check the Wi-Fi signal in your home to see how strong it is, especially in places where you plan to install. If it's not, it means you're going to probably need some sort of boost in the signal. No matter what the wireless protocol, you're going to need a boost for the wireless connectivity. And then what devices do you want to add and how do you want to control them? Do you want to control them with your voice? Do you want to control them with a hub? Do you want your TV to be uh, the controller? We'll help you answer these questions. Uh, but this is something you need to decide if you plan to install uh, these devices or if you plan to get an installer. You can always check out GearBrain uh, since we have all the information you need at GearBrain.com to answer these questions. But once you tackle these, you'll be on your way to building your, your smart home. Uh, so I hope this is helpful. Uh, tune in next week. We'll do part two of the series, everything you need to know about building a smart home, which will be about for renters in tiny homes or dorm rooms. Um, whether you're renting an apartment or own an Airbnb uh, or own a rental property, we'll address all the important aspects of building a smart home for these locations. So thanks again for tuning in. Uh, remember to visit GearBrain.com and our compatibility find engine, the GearBrain, to get the answers you need to live a new connective life and hope you have a wonderful uh, week and we'll talk to you next time.